Welcome to Where Will You Go? The FBC Telehoma Missions Podcast, where we ask the simple question, where will you go? As we seek to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth. In today's episode, we are going to be interviewing our very own Michael Martin. I'll warn you, could get rowdy in here today because he's children's pastor, children and families pastor here. So no telling what could happen here. We hope you'll stick around and be challenged and encouraged to consider where you will go and how you can be a part of the mission. All right, Michael Martin is here with us today in the pod. Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, like Kevin said, my name is Michael. I'm originally from South Alabama, a small town uh, called Bruton, Alabama. We call it L.A., uh, down there in lower Alabama. And uh, that's where I grew up and grew up there, went to college at Auburn and uh, seminary and, and um uh, after that, was fortunate enough to the Lord leading me to go overseas for a couple of years, and that's where I met my wife. Uh, um, she was on the same team as myself, Erin, uh, and she's from Tennessee, and uh, grew up here in, in Tennessee. And uh, we have two kids uh, now, uh, Katie and Titus. Uh, Katie is nine, Titus is seven, and uh, yeah, so we're uh, glad to be here. We probably should be interviewing Erin, shouldn't we? Yeah. Kind of talked about yes, that on the way up here. Yeah, she, she's she's a lot smarter and For know, sure, for sure. Better yeah. spoken and oh, yeah. all those kind of things. So Yeah, but <laughs> but we've got Michael. You're stuck. We're you're stuck, stuck with Michael. Yeah. Maybe we'll you know, go from here a step up yeah. and we'll talk with Erin next time. That would be so awesome. So tell us what you're doing now. You've you know you've been here for a little while. Tell us what you're doing now in your life. Yeah, I'm here serving at First Baptist Church, Telahoma as a children and families pastor. Uh, been here since August 2019, so we we were here about six months, eight months before COVID hit. And, uh, enjoying being here, uh, seeking to equip families to help them disciple their families, and as well as to love some kids and faithfully teach them the gospel. So we won't ask how it is working with the staff at FBC Tullahoma. Uh, not at least plead the fifth, plead the fifth, <laughs> pleading the fifth on that one. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, just a moment ago that you uh, actually went on the mission field for a season. That's a program that the IMB has called uh, the Journeyman Program. Straight out of college, you go overseas for two years. Is that correct? And and now, just as a plug for anybody that is graduating high school, not college, but high school, and you're and you're this is a commercial break. You're wondering like, what am I going to do? I'm not sure what I want to go to college for. I'm not sure if I want to go to college. I'm not sure what I want to do with my life. The International Mission Board now has a gap year program where when you graduate high school, you can go with the International Mission Board for a year. They will train you. They will place you somewhere overseas. You can work alongside of a missionary for that year. Then you can come back. And if you want to do college, then you go to college. And look, when you get done with college, the International Mission Board will send you again as a journeyman for two years. And then when you get through with that tour of duty, if you want to go full-time, you can take that step as well. So for high school graduates, since it you know it's summertime, uh, you may be thinking, what do I want to do with myself if you're not sure and you're interested in missions, that's a possibility now straight out of high school. But Michael went straight out of college as a journeyman, 
And we want to we want to ask you, you know, growing up there in Lower Alabama, I'm familiar with that area. Oh yeah, uh, grew up in South Mississippi, Southeast Mississippi. Nice and hot. It is warm. Um, I also know the state of a lot of churches there and the and the culture there. What what was it that led you from Lower Alabama church kid to becoming a journeyman with the International Mission Board? Yeah, there were several events in my life. I, there wasn't one waha moment where the shining light. Uh, the Lord spoke to me, Damascus Road type experience, but there were several steps in my life that God used to sort of lead me to take that uh, step of faith and trust Him to, as He led me to 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 serve those two years overseas. And uh, after graduating high school, I went to college, and there in college, got involved with a with a church that was real mission focused and had several uh, mission trips, and I began going on several short term mission trips. Uh, I heard that the college choir was going to Brazil. Now I can't sing a lick. Amen. Amen. But um, it is entertaining. <laughs> Can we get you to do that? <laughs> let's, let's not go there okay, today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. But um. But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's an inside joke. But um, yeah. So uh, I heard the the choir. The church was going to. Uh, going to Brazil, and so I wanted to go. Uh, I thought it'd be neat, and so I joined the choir. We went to Brazil, and so that was an awesome experience. I went on several other short-term mission trips to Mexico and also spent a few uh, weeks in India. Um, And uh, just throughout this process, God just really began burdening my heart for just the lostness of the world and how God wasn't being worshipped he is worthy of worship, and and uh, and he desires all people to worship him. And so, uh, God used that, and as well as um, during that time, it was the conflict in the Middle East, and just seeing the hopelessness of Islam, and and uh, God just sort of burned my heart. And um, and as I learned about missions, as I experienced missions. Uh, I just felt like the Lord was leading me in that direction. And so uh, contacted the IMB. I didn't know a whole lot of different mission organizations, uh, that, but there are several out there now that I know about. Um, but uh, through the Southern Baptist, um, uh, Southern Baptist entity, and so they had the two-year program that Kevin just mentioned and uh, signed up for that and Packed my bags and sold my car and took off. So, yeah, <laughs> took off to North Africa. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. so two years in, in in a country there in North Africa. So God stirred your heart for for is Muslim people those who are trapped in Islam really, and uh, through those short term mission trips through the conflict in the Middle East, uh, which still goes on, it still rages on, and and it's interesting. I think it was Nick Ripkin who made the comment that we're fighting wars in all of the places that we've been the slowest to get the gospel to. And you know, one of the things that people don't know, a lot of people don't know, is that the Bible was translated into many languages early on, uh, but it was not translated into Arabic. And in 600 A.D., you know, Muhammad comes on the scene, and the and the Arabic-speaking people have no Scripture. Nobody has seen fit to get them the Scriptures. So they kind of came up with their own and and were trapped back in almost an Old Testament legalistic religion, and um, they're still trapped there today. But God, man, if you were to have told people in the 1800s and the early 1900s how many Muslims are coming to faith today, they would call you a liar. It's unreal. Uh, 
how God is moving among the Muslim people, and and amazing how God has put on people's hearts to go because of conflict. I know Max Stiles, who wrote the book that the church read over the fall called Evangelism, uh, ended up in the United Arab Emirates, and he went because of September 11th. He saw that happen, and he wow. got a burden. So you can have two responses. You can have the response of hatred, or you can have the response of a burden to get the gospel to these people, and we know which one of those is healthiest. So it was that burden, yes. seeing the conflicts in the Middle East, and that burden that was put in your heart from going on short-term mission trips to Mexico, India, Brazil, yeah. um, that spurred you to, to take this step and go for two years, which isn't long-term, but it's long. Yeah, right. Two years is a long right. time. Yeah. Um, so can, can you remember a positive, like one good or two good positive experiences you had there, and then maybe a negative yeah, so, I mean, it's an exciting time serving overseas. Um, I like to say that the highs are higher and sometimes the, the lows are lower. And um, But there were so many great things about being uh, serving overseas and and just uh, ex- the experience of, of living your life on mission and, and um, just being a part of a different culture. And the people there were so hospitable and Friendly, and so I've actually found it easier to to share the gospel there than I, than I do here. Um, one of the first questions that uh, Muslims will actually bring up to you is, "Well, do you pray? Or are you Muslim?" And so, sh- sharing the gospel I found was just a natural way because naturally easier because it was religion was such a part of their life, and so. Um, one of the that was one of the great things about being overseas was just uh, sharing, uh, sharing, sharing the good news of the gospel with, and how it was just a natural part of their lives, and so um, it was really, really great um, uh, a time there. Of course, some of the challenges are with language, having to learn the language, and uh, like I said before, I'm from South Alabama, from the <laughs> LA with the accent, so. Uh, that was definitely a challenge. Um, of course, being away um, from family uh, for holidays sometimes can be difficult, but we, we were part of a team there, and so we celebrated Christmas together. We celebrated the different holidays, um, but a lot of missionaries serving overseas are maybe more isolated than we were. I was a part of a larger team, maybe um we had maybe five families sort of in the region or in the city or nearby that we were able to get together and, and worship together. There was no local church there as well, and so uh, we would meet together for, for church. Um, we didn't want to jeopardize any of the believers there, and they would they, there's no church building for them, uh, and so uh, we would meet together. Uh, with them, but yeah, just seeing God move, um, I, hearing stories and uh, personal stories. You know, you read about these things in books about people having dreams and different things, and and um, just uh, s- s- being a part of that and seeing that and hearing stories of that um, was just an incredible, incredible thing. Mm. Well, Michael mentioned being part of a team. And that reminds me that it's time for us to introduce, remind you of our book of the month this month. We want to encourage you to read related to missions. If you are considering long-term service overseas, you and your team 
need to read Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, written by David Frazier from Memphis, Tennessee. It is a very, very good book, as we've said before. Helps you to think through those critical questions that you need to ask yourself about your own personality, your partner churches, where you're going, how you're going to get there, how you're going to stay when you get there, how you're going to fund yourself. All those questions are dealt with probing questions in this book 15 critical questions to ask before launching overseas read it with your team there's discussion questions at the end of every chapter that will help you think through what david frazier is trying to communicate to you it is well worth the read that's our book of the month on the fbc missions podcast All right, we're in the pod today, as you know, with Michael Martin, our own children and families pastor. He was a journeyman in North Africa for two years. He's been sharing with us some of that experience. I've got a question for you, Michael, that I want you to answer for us. As you were over there, you mentioned missing family. You mentioned some of the challenges of being overseas. What was the value in your viewpoint of people back home who who didn't come over or who didn't go over? but who are giving and praying for you. We know that missions is, is two-sided. Some go down in the well. We learned about that in the first podcast episode. Some go down in the well. They sacrifice to go. But then there are, there are others who hold the rope at the top of the well, and they should sacrifice equally to give and to pray. As you were over there in North Africa in a place uh, that is in many ways gospelless, uh, how how valuable do you were the people back home praying for you and giving to support that work? Wow, um, you cannot really say enough about how much uh, th- those people meant to me. I, I mean, like like I said, I was in an Islamic country, and so just the the lostness that you're surrounded with, hearing the call of prayer five times a day, and walking the streets, and realizing that almost every person you see doesn't know the Lord, and so. There were days when I felt so discouraged and felt like, what am I doing here? Can I, Am I even making a difference? But then there were those days where I just felt like like God was filling me with His Spirit, and I knew people back home were praying for me. And it was like, I, it was like God just uplifted me and encouraged me. And I knew, I knew it was through the prayers of the saints back home, and 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 being prayed for and knowing that my needs will be taken care of was just an amazing burden lifted off because uh, so many missionaries struggle with finances and struggle with um, money but but if there's anything that that you could do as far as helping a missionary praying and giving is is huge and being in contact with them as well just regular sending the uh, email or note saying, "Hey, I'm praying for you." Or is there any, how's things going? Those type, just little small notes, are such an encouragement uh, to missionaries, knowing that they are not alone. And so, uh, just knowing that I don't have to worry about um, where if I'm gonna have enough money for uh, my next meal, or knowing that my housing is paid for and these different things, I'm not having to worry about that, that I could focus on the mission was just uh, a huge burden uh, lifted lifted off. And so uh, to those people who are giving, to those people who are praying, man, you're, you're making all the difference. Um, a lot of times we think, oh, that's not the, the important work, but praying and giving, man, without prayer, right, we, 
we, we, we can do nothing, right? Jesus said, I, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you cannot do anything. And so uh, the importance of, of seeking the Lord and praying and cannot be overstated. And so, uh, yeah, I can just remember times of feeling uh, discouraged and then just recognizing God's Spirit through the prayers of His people, just really bringing a sense of joy and peace and encouragement through the prayers of the body. The folks that hold the rope aren't any less valuable than those who go down in the well because if they turn the rope loose, the oh, yeah. guy in the well sinks. Um, For sure. So we, we want to challenge you to answer the question, where will you go? Go physically. Go down in the well. But you can also go by sending your money, sending your prayers, sending your encouragement. That's going in spirit. We need people to go in body. We need people to go in spirit. And without both of those working together, if everybody went, nobody would be back home to send and to give. Uh, and if everybody stayed home, we wouldn't have anything to give or to send to. So it takes both, and both are valuable. So as you walk down that missions hallway at FBC Tullahoma down by the library, and you look at that big map, and you look at the different tiers of missions that we have here, and you may think, well, I can't go, so this isn't really for me. Oh, no, no. We need everybody involved in the bullseye of evangelism, discipling, and even missions to the ends of the earth. If you can't be a goer, you can be a sender. That'll keep you from being a disobeyer, right? So go or send. Uh, One last question, Michael, if you could speak to the congregation. Maybe you've said a little bit about this already, but if you could speak to the congregation, if you could speak to our listeners here um, and encourage them to be involved in missions. You want to give them an encouragement to be involved. What would you say? Yeah, so... If you have an opportunity to go, and if you're willing and you're able, uh, by all means, go. I mean, God has given us the Great Commission to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And so we don't have to wait for some special Damascus light to, to, to know that we are called to be on missions, but God has laid it out in Scripture that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. And so if you have an opportunity, uh, please go. You'll be amazed how you come back changed, right? You'll, your your view of God will be enlarged. Your uh, heart for the lost will be um, will be challenged, and as well as just you can learn from real life missionaries as you go on these trips. And so, uh, seeing how they pray for people, seeing how they do ministry, and you can come back and start doing implementing some of those things here at home back uh, where you live. And so uh, if you have opportunity, man, uh, please go, whether it's it may be just domestic, going to New York, we're trying to get some trips to New York, or, or, um, or international with some of our partnerships. If you have opportunity to go, please, please go. And we know that God is worthy of worship, right? One of my favorite mission verses is um, Psalm 67, 3. says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And so um, we know God's heart. His heart is for all the people to, to bring him glory and to bring him worship. And so the psalmist prays, Lord, um, bless me and in order that your way may be known in all the earth. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage everybody out there to, um, as, as the Lord stirs in your heart to take that step of faith. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've gone in the past, but maybe your heart maybe sort of needs to be reunited or relit the passions 
of of your heart need to be uh, rekindled. And so going on missions can really spark that fire in your walk with the Lord. And so I encourage you to go. And if you can't go, like we just talked about, be praying, be giving, and uh, God can will bless you in that as you do that as well. Mm. All right, Michael, thank you for joining us today in the pod. We bring our time here to a close, but not before praying for unreached peoples. Today, we're going to be praying for the Berber in Morocco. Let's pray for them today. Let's pray for them throughout the week as we think about it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for Michael, Aaron, their work in North Africa as missionaries. Um, We thank you for how you're using them now to continue short-term trips uh, over there and how you continue to work in their lives and the family to encourage others to be missionaries and serve from here to the ends of the earth. We pray for the Berber in Morocco. We pray for those that are there trying to reach them. We pray for the few believers that are among them, and we pray that you would work to bring about an awakening among the Berber in Morocco. God, let your name be praised by them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today in the pod for the Where Will You Go podcast. We hope you will join us next week, same time, same place. God bless.